All right. You guys have your Bibles. Let's go ahead and take them out. John chapter 12. And uh, we're going to be in another spot as well today. But uh, if you need a Bible, go ahead and lift up your hand. These guys will get a Bible to you. Um, Today we're going to be watching uh, clips of the World Cup, and I'll be talking about teamwork. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of you want me to do that. Some of you are like, oh, yes, yes, no, no, we're not doing it. I appreciate, listen, I want to thank you for being here today because they say, uh, what is it, a billion people are going to be watching the World Cup today? It's like half, I, I don't know, 50% of the population, basically. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate you coming out. I also appreciate the team that kind of put everything together. This place doesn't normally look like this, so would you mind just giving up for those guys? Yeah. There's usually not a cafe out in the lobby, you know. The middle school hasn't gotten that, you know, cool yet. And uh, so, uh, and just our production team, everything, man. I mean, it takes a lot. And, uh, you know, we're never able to pull any of this off without... Uh, the teamwork and the people that are a part of it. So uh, I just praise God for them. Praise God for an opportunity for us to dig into the word. We're going to stand together uh, today. Uh, we're going to be in John 12. Uh, what we're going to, as we've been doing the last few weeks, I've been kind of connecting to the birth of Jesus. Um, some people are like, why are we standing right now? Oh, because I need you to get exercise. It's all part of the... Now, we're going to read together. This is a little smaller print than our projectors, but if you have it in your Bible, we're going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and so we're going to read it out loud together, and then we'll get into the Word. Okay, you guys fired up to read it out loud? Okay, good. Wow, that was a great, great, great. Okay, here we go. Verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, or behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. One of those scenes that if you were there, must have just blown your mind. If you're a shepherd out in the middle of the field and angels show up and start pronouncing the birth of Christ, I mean, we look at it 2,000 years later from our hindsight or our sight, and we're able to say, oh, wow, that's a cool story. But for them, it must have blown their minds. They get to be chosen to articulate, to praise to share this incredible moment that there is a Savior born. I bring you good tidings of great joy. This is that season of great joy, a season of hope, a season where the light of the world has come. And so today we're going to talk about that a little bit as we tie not only this birth, but um, to our Savior at the end of his life in John chapter 12. So Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for just all you do to uh, help us to put church together. I thank you for each person that put a hand to the plow here this week, helping us out, uh, setting it up, helping to break it down, all the things that had to happen. Uh, We just thank you. I thank you for the school that we partner with and the principal and all the staff, and uh, we, just, we just thank you for them. And uh, God, right now, we turn our hearts to your word. We ask that you would lead by the power of your spirit. Help me to be led by you and empowered by you, but also, Lord, your word would come alive to every heart that's here, that we would not just look at this as regular church duty, but that we would look at this as an opportunity for us to really grow and to know more about who you are 
and how we can apply some truths to our life. Help us to leave here changed. That's what we want. We want to grow to know you, to be more like you, Jesus. And so I pray, help us to leave here today changed. And we ask it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Have a seat, you guys. Have a seat. Well, you can imagine that moment, right, with the shepherds. I mean, that is a moment like no other. The glory of the Lord, right? The shining glory of the Lord. You know, uh, we have Christmas lights set up. How many of you set up your Christmas lights? You got them outside. I, I love looking at all the Christmas lights. In our neighborhood, my neighbor has an amazing display of Christmas lights. My wife told me the other day as we're pulling in, wow, their lights are a lot nicer than our lights. Yes, they are. But you know what? There's always somebody else that has nicer lights than them. You know what I mean? Feeling a little jealous, Greg? Yes, just a bit. I think he had to hire a company. He had to. That place is like, it's like a theme park down there at the end of the road. I'm like, how does this guy get the little lights everywhere and everything's perfect? I'm thinking, oh, man. But there is always something a little bit better, you know, the light. There's something about Christmas lights that are amazing. It, 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 light is beautiful. I mean, we, 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 we make this place full of light because it changes atmosphere, it can change your attitude, it can change just how you feel. You look at the lights on a tree or the lights outside a house and it, it does change. Like you come home and it, there's, there's a little bit of, oh man, this is nice. How, how many people want to keep your lights up just a little bit longer than, yes. It's just like, oh, let's keep it up. Some people are like, no, I, I, I have a deadline and they're, they're coming down. I've told my husband they're coming down. That's okay. But there is something special about light. And this moment for these shepherds, as this is the moment of the introduction of the light of the world. Yeah, that, that is certainly Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And, and we know he's the light of the Lord. And the light, John said, is life to us. He gives us life. We have this effervescent, Zoe kind of life, but also eternal life. But as we look at this light of the world, we get to see in this context with the shepherds, that light, what happened, if you look at that area of scripture, what happened here, it, it's the, they're the shepherds who were the outcasts living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. It must have been dark. Maybe the stars are out. It's not like there's a Starbucks over there or a Chick-fil-A over there and there's lights coming. There's no lights. They're in the middle of nowhere. Have you ever been in somewhere where it's just pitch black, right? And it's, it's honestly, it's kind of scary at times, right? And it's comforting. If you've ever been lost in the dark, it's comforting when you see light, right? But these guys, well, they're used to the darkness. They're used to just the stars. And so here they are keeping watch. And then it says that the, the glory of the Lord shone around them. That light was better than any Christmas light you can imagine, whether it's a theme park or your neighbor's or wherever it might be. Maybe your neighbor is a theme park, but it doesn't matter. The light of the glory of the Lord at that moment for these shepherds must have just blown their mind. And why is that? Because God was making the most important announcement that you could ever make. Oh, my son is about to be born. And there's that purpose that we talked about, this, this son that was going to come into this world to live, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, taking on human flesh, and he was going to walk this earth and live, and for 33 years, show people the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And then he was going to die on a cross for your sins and for mine, because that's his purpose. He came so that he could be the light of the world, so he could light up your life. I hope he's lit up your life, you know? We have a common, the, the, you know, that's the phrase among the, the next generation. Man, that is lit. It is so lit, right? Oh, man, it is so lit. Like, it's so great. It's so awesome. But when you're lit, literally, by Jesus, your life totally changes. 
I mean, if you come to know Christ, it's like the, the light gets flipped on in your heart, in your brain, in your attitudes and everything, right? There's something that just happens when you come to know Jesus Christ. Your life becomes, well, you are the new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. And, and the light of the Lord shines in you and through you and out of you. And that's, our, that's what we, we want to do. We wanna, we wanna have that light uh, shine out of us. And yet we have this story of Jesus being born and these shepherds see the light and it says that they were greatly afraid, right? And then, of course, the angel said, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You see, that's the key, that Jesus didn't just come for the rich or even the nation of Israel or the poor or, no, 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 he came for all people. He came for everyone. In fact, later on, it is in that verse that you may not know, but it's Luke chapter two. Check out verse 28. It's verse 28 and we'll pick it up there. This is Simeon. When Jesus was born, he was a prophet, but he was led to go to the temple and the parents brought him in for Jesus to have, the, as, as the word says, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. This is what... Okay, Jesus is just born. He's less than eight days old, right? And he's coming in and it's that, well, here, it's, he's gonna be a light to the world, to the Gentiles. Meant it wasn't just for one people group. It was for everyone, the whole world. He would be a light to the world. And, and God had promised, Simeon, you're gonna see the Messiah before you die. And here is that moment where he sees and proclaims, man, this is the light of the world. Now, fast forward 33 years, and that's where we're at in John chapter 12. It's crazy, right? Like, I, I, I love the Christmas story, but the purpose of that Christmas story is to get to, really, John chapter 12. This is the end of Jesus' life. In fact, this would be the end of his public ministry, the last public statements he would make uh, as far as ministry, not statements, statements from the cross were still there, but the ministry he would do. And so here is that opportunity where we come and now we know as our kind of, a, a, we, re, we recap what, what's been happening and this is our opportunity to kind of see, well, Jesus, you know, he obviously, if you go to John chapter 12, Jesus was certainly uh, doing miracles. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. He had, he had obviously healed many. He had done all these incredible miracles. And yet here in John 12, um, last week, we talked about how his soul was, ang he was anguished. He was, he was going to the cross. He was gonna be separated from God. He was at this point where it's like, man, this is the end of my life here, but also the end of, I have this oneness with the Father and I'm gonna have the sin of the world placed on me and this is gonna be a radical moment. So he was hurting from the inside, deep. But then in verse 35, Jesus says to these guys as they're questioning, like, you know, who, wh what are you saying that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Because he's talking about his death. And Jesus said to him, to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. So he's around all these people. He's got all these people questioning him, wondering like, what are you doing? And then he says, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who 
walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So today I'm talking in this message, if you want to kind of take note, we're, we put it as Jesus is the light of the world, question mark. Is Jesus the light of the world? It's your, your choice. You have the choice to believe he's the light of the world or you don't. Like it, this Jesus that was born in this manger that the angels proclaimed in the great glory of the Lord shown and these angels uh, said to these uh, shepherds, hey, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Um, is, is he really the light of the world? This light that dispels darkness, this hope that's come in, this hope of Jesus that comes to change people's lives. Is he who he says he was? And when I look at this verse and I see, here we are 33 years later, the last week of Jesus' life, and, and what does he say? He says, hey, uh, a little while longer, the light's with you. Walk while you have the light. These guys had a chance to know Jesus all of this time. They had a chance to understand who he was, what he was all about. But a lot of people, man, Jesus is trying to reach them. Do you understand? He's saying, man, I, I just want you to come and know me. Like, it's a little while and the light's with you. I'm about to go to the cross. A lot of people are gonna be, what? What just happened? He's now walking with him. He's like, man, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. It's like, man, I, I'm, I'm with you right now and I want you to come to know me. I want you to come to have this relationship. It all started back there when the angel said, hey, I bring you good tidings of great joy, right? And now here's Jesus. Jesus at this place going, hey, guess what? Uh, the, the light's just with you a little longer. Can you, can you just know that? Th this is the time. And if I were to throw a thought at you, it is this, that your chance to believe is now. It's now. Like, this is it. Your chance to believe is now. This is, like Jesus saying, it's your chance to believe. It's, it's this. Like, well, you say, well, this is for them. I mean, then Jesus went to the cross, and he died, and then he rose again. Well, yeah, but we have the opportunity. We don't have Jesus with us, per se. We don't see him physically, but we do see him as he moves by his spirit in people's lives. And you come to this Bible study today, and it's a move of God's spirit. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants you to come to be that place where you go, man, I, I, I want you to walk while you have the light. I want you to choose to believe. Yeah, I'm the light of the world, but you choose. It, it, it's really to believe would be this is the time. I don't know about you, but you know, I, I've gotten tons of little emails or you get texts if you sign up for the wrong stuff, right? They tell you, hey, 15% off or 20% off or you get the deal for Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? You get the little deals, but you have to take advantage of it like right now. Like this is it. There is no uh, other time. This is the spot. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you, you, you want to get something and you're like, wow, this is the opportunity right now. You got to redeem that. So I had to, my wife has been sick. So I had this email come up, and I'm like, man, this is a great, I wish Gabby was like awake right now, because, but like this deal's going to run out, and it's a gift for me, and so I, I think she would love to get me this if she was not sick, and so I'm going to get it, and then tell her, guess what you got me for Christmas, because the deal's running out, man. It's like, if I don't take advantage of the deal, it was, a, like, a, it was like a flash sale. You know those lightning sales on Amazon? It wasn't that, but it felt like that. You know what I mean? And it felt like the numbers were decreasing, so of course, I clicked the button and bought my present from Gabby. Yes. She's so excited to see it. She hasn't even seen it yet. She's excited to wrap it. I'm sorry. I had to do it. It was like, oh no, this is it. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, that is so lame. That's what Gabby said. <laughs> she was like, that is so lame. I'm like, babe, you were sick, laid up. I'm like, what am I going to do? This is it. The moment is here. Okay, this is all like confession for me right now, right? <laughs> good that this is like a smaller crowd than normal. It's just a, yeah, Greg's confessing to the non-World Cup fan crowd today. 
But, man, can I just say, wouldn't it be great is if we had that attitude with how much do we want Jesus? Do you believe in him? Do you trust him? Do you even go to him? Christian, do you, is, that, is he your first go-to? Like, man, I got to go to the Lord. I got to go right now. Because if I don't do it right now, then I'm not really where I need to be. That's the key. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote, he wrote it this way. It's uh, Ephesians. And uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, it says this. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It's like, this is the time. The choice is now. It's like, walk circumspectly, not as fools. Awake, uh, uh, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Christ will give you light. When he gives you light, he brings you life because he gives you life to your, to your inner, inner being. And what happens is, Paul then says, you got to walk circumspectly, not as fools, as wise, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time is that it's like a Greek word for a man. You got to make the most of the opportunity. You got to buy it now. Like, get it now. Don't waste time. So I don't know where you are in this place with Jesus during this season as we think about him being born. But man, I would just say to you that the choice to believe is now. Like, this is it. Like, this is a great time to put your faith in the Lord. We had people get saved last week, and it was amazing to be able to say to them, man, this is going to be the best Christmas ever for you. Because this will be the first Christmas you really celebrate Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so we, we look at that and we realize, man, this is what the shepherds were like. Look at, look at back in Luke chapter 2, in verse 15. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let's go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, they ran, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the marriage. Manger. So it wasn't like they sat around, well, what'd you think of that light show? Well, I don't know. It was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I've seen better at Disney. It was like, <laughs> no, no, no. They, they just looked at each other and said, wow, let's go. It is now. Let's go do it. Can I just say, gang, the time is now. Like for you, whoever you are, whatever you may be. And if you're already a Christian, maybe the time is now where you kind of come back to the Lord, where you've maybe wavered in your faith, you've, you've forgotten about your first love of Jesus, you've forgotten about, man, making him that Lord of your life, and here we are, Christmas, and we have this opportunity to celebrate the birth of Christ, but the birth of Christ is because he's going to grow up to die for you, and, and we forget all of that, we forget that he paid a price for us, that my sins cost him his life. And so we can look and we can say, wow, you know what? I, I Lord, am, am I as close to you today as I was when I first was like, oh man, I need Jesus today. That's it, Lord. I, 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 want, I want to know you again like that. We can all look back probably and say, wow, Lord, if I've changed, help me to get back to that spot where I was. Maybe you got to look at that verse and say, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. Now, you've been a, if you've already been made alive in Christ, that's awesome, but sometimes you can fall back asleep. You can be like, oh, man, I'm a little... <laughs> I'm a little, I'm not really into this whole church thing and hanging out with brothers and sisters in the Lord. <laughs> I'm not really into that. But, and, you, and you lose the perspective of why Jesus came and that he really was born. We celebrate, yes, but we celebrate because he would be born to die for you and for me. And so here's what I would say to us. Let's redeem the time. Make the time now where we really serve and honor Jesus. Let's not let this be a time where we're thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to be stagnant in my place. I don't want to be lukewarm. 
You know, Jesus said, man, if you're lukewarm, you're either cold or hot. You know, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's like, I, I, I don't want us to ever be a church. I want us to be a church that's truly hot on fire for the Lord. And that we look at it from the perspective of, yeah. So we, we clap because we want that. And so how do we get to that place, Greg? Well, I got to look at where I've been and I got to say, Lord, you got to create a clean heart in me, change my heart, change my mind, change my being, help me to get back to that place where I was. Where was I? What is that first love that I went to? You know, revelation, it's that, oh man, I've lost that first love. I want to go back. I want to remember. I want to repent of, of whatever I was, have done. And then I want to repeat and get back into the things that I used to do. Some of you used to sit around and have worship songs just flow over your mind and your heart when you were a brand new Christian. And you'd be like, man, I've been crying and there's things happening in God. And now it's not a part of your life. There's a song that I just was uh, listening to the other day. It was a Chris. Chris Tomlin had covered uh, a song that um, Keith Green, who was this, one of the first like music artists, uh, but he was so sold out for the Lord. And so it's one of those songs, and as it played, and here Chris Tomlin's doing a new version of it, and I'm, I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, wow, I remember when this song used to make me weep because it just spoke so deeply to me about me and my relationship with Jesus and who he was. And it brought to me to a place, honestly, I, I thought, wow, Lord, am I still there at that place? Or have I allowed the, you know, the norm to get in the way of the deep relationship that we should have with Jesus? Don't let the norm steal your life, man. We have to be, I believe, get to a place where we say, God, change me. And if it's change you back to, man, this is where I was, then ask him for help to change. Amen? Amen. So here's that that thought as you go back to John chapter 12. So certainly um, we know that Jesus is in his last days. But check, the, check out what happens. And you got to remember this. He healed people, healed the lame. I mean, we've been walking through it. He turned water into wine. He had people that were sick, that were healed. He had fed over 5,000, which was about 20,000, 15 to 20,000. So you realize all these miracles happen. He raised people from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead, which people saw after Lazarus is in tomb four days, okay? And now with that context, look at the next verse, 37. But although he had done so many signs before him, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he's blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah spoke when he saw his glory and spoke of him. What? What's going on? Well, you see, that. It, it, it was a fulfillment of prophecies. He, he had done many signs, but they did not believe in him. It's like, wait, they saw Lazarus being risen from the dead and they didn't believe in Jesus at that point? Yeah. Have you ever seen Jesus do something crazy, miraculous in your life and you've given up hope in believing it? Have you ever thought that, man, well, I, 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 I don't, you know, Lord, I, I want to. I want to have this belief. I want to have this, this choice of believing in you. But what are you doing? You're, the Lord has believed to report this. What Isaiah, this is a prophecy that, that he had blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, you got to realize this wasn't the Lord's initiating. This was 
The blinding of somebody's heart was started. You remember Pharaoh? Pharaoh, what did he do? He hardened his heart. Exodus, you read back through that story. What did Pharaoh do? He hardened his heart. And, and it says 10 times that Pharaoh hardened his heart. But after those 10 times, each time it said that God then made firm or hardened his heart, made firm Pharaoh's heart. So what, what does that mean? It means that your choice of this, does this light of the world really matter? Your belief has consequences. Your belief has consequences. Like if I believe that Jesus is the light of the world, I believe that I put my faith and trust in him, guess what? He is going to make firm that belief. I'm gonna stay close to him. I'm gonna walk with him. I'm gonna talk with him. I'm gonna be in a relationship with him. But if, if I am at a place where I say, no, nah, I'm hard in my heart. You could be here today. Like, no, nah, I'm watching the World Cup right now. This is all boring and right now I caught you. And you're like, oh my goodness. He just, and, but, but you could be like, I'm just not in. Into the, I'm not into the Jesus thing. I'm not into that. And, and so you've heard it over and over. But here's the thing. You've, you've hardened your heart. And so God, it's like he piles a layer of his hardening on top of what you want. So he makes firm your decision. I'm going to harden my heart. And then he layers it on. And then you, like Pharaoh, oh, I'm going to layer. Have you ever had one of those pieces of 10 layer cakes or something from Cheesecake Factory, you know, they're like this big, right? You have, they're like 3,500 calories, I think, you know, you split it with like 10 people, you, you, you think, um, and, and, but you have layer upon layer upon layer. That's, that's kind of what happens. There's layer upon layer that as I decide, well, no, I, I don't, I don't want that. I, even though, God, you've confirmed it, even though you've done all these things, even though you've said all these things. Remember, Jesus said these six things about himself. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am. I'm the door. I am the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. You remember? And so he says all these crazy things. So is he that or not? And you have to make that decision. And if you say, no, 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 man, I'm not into this. I, I, you're hardening your heart. To who Jesus is. Just like Pharaoh, just like the people in Noah's day, you know, a hundred years, he warned them and they blew him off and then God shut the ark. People harden their hearts. And I would just say to you that, man, our belief has a consequence. If God is tugging at your heart, to accept Jesus Christ, man, I just encourage you, I implore you, don't put it off. Don't let the hardening continue. Isaiah is saying, uh, he prophesied about it, like, like this was going to happen. God knew it would happen. That they, and, and he's just continued to blind their eyes and harden their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand. But that just doesn't seem fair. Why would he do that? If Well, because you're, you're a free moral agent. You have a choice. He doesn't want to force you to love him. And so we get to be at that place where we realize, wow, you know what? I can reject Jesus, the light of the world, or I can accept him. And uh, if you reject him, then your heart grows stone cold towards the things of God. And I know that, that just, it's like harsh, right? But yet, I want you to know him. And I would never want you to leave here with a hard heart like, oh God, I don't want to. I want you to know God loves you, that he loves you so much that he gave up his life for you, that he came into this world, he left heaven to be born in a manger so that he could grow up to die in your place. That's how much the Lord loves you. And no matter how much your logic looks on and goes, well, that can't be, that's just dumb, I don't get that, how does that even work? It will never change that Jesus loves you and that he died for you and that he rose again. So the question is, well, what am I going to do with that? And I pray that your belief would have those consequences that you would know that, man, he wants to do that work in you. Now check it out what happens. Verse 42, nevertheless, even among the rulers, check this out. Many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Isn't that a crazy? Like, wait a second. You're telling me the leaders, they, they believed in him, but because of the Pharisees? Remember the Pharisees would tell people, hey, that 
Remember the, the, the parents of the blind guy who was blind from birth and Jesus gave him new eyesight and they didn't want to say anything because they were afraid that they would be unsynagogued, if you would. They, they basically, their whole social world, Nellie was just sharing about it. This, what, this is what could happen to you. If you claim Jesus Christ, guess what? You will be kicked out of your family, of your job, of your life. Uh, we will not, we'll no longer be apart. We may even do things to you that persecute you or maybe even kill you or we might Uh, beat you or whatever it may be. It is a crazy thought. But here is a bunch of people who said, yeah, I believe in them, but I'm not going to confess them because I don't want to get kicked out because I am looking for man's approval versus God's approval. It's a crazy verse, right? The praise of man versus the praise of God. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Yeah, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Do you know, uh, crazy thought, I know it's Christmas and we're talking about all this, but since Nellie's here and we got Middle East and conversation, I think it's kind of interesting as I was looking last night at Open Doors, which we support them, and they have missionaries all over the world in places that are even more radical than where Nellie's going. Um, but they put out this stat sheet of what happened to Christians. Like, for instance, here's, here's what happened in 2022. Five, almost 6,000 Christians were killed for their faith-related reasons. 5,000, over 5,000 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. Over, almost 4,000 uh, Christians were abducted for faith-related reasons. That's what Nellie was talking about. They might abduct you, you know. Christians detained for their faith, almost 5,000 there. Christians sentenced for their faith, 1,400. Christians raped or sexually harassed or for faith-related reasons, 3,000, over 3,000. It's like, wait a second. Greg, forced marriages of Christians and non-Christians, 1,500. Houses of Christians attacked, 4,500. Businesses of Christians attacked, 1,900. Christians forced to leave their home or go into hiding, 218,000. Christians forced to leave their country for faith-related reasons, 25,000. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Do you know what? In places, in the worst places, they say are... The hardest to follow Jesus, Afghanistan, North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Eritrea, Nigeria, and Pakistan. Nigeria is like the worst as far as violence. In fact, most of those deaths of Christians happen in Nigeria. So why do I share that with you? Craig, this is not a comforting Christmas. I brought my friends. This is supposed to be like Merry Christmas, joy to the world. Why are we doing this? Because, gang, the reality is, it's Christmas over in Nigeria where a missionary is that may be persecuted for their faith. So here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to open up our mind. It's so awesome that Nelly was in town because it makes us realize, oh, wait, they celebrate Jesus too, right? Yeah, but they can't really do it like we do. They probably don't have a light outside their house. They may not have any light outside. In fact, they may pass by their friend and go, yeah, I love Jesus too. Yeah, you yeah, me too. And that's it. Why? Do you appreciate what Jesus did? Because I guarantee you, all these people who sacrificed not only their lives, but all these other things, man, they appreciate Jesus. I'm challenged by that. Like, Lord, if somebody, am I, am I embarrassed to share the gospel with somebody because I feel like, oh man, they might, they might not like me as much anymore. Or, uh, I, yesterday, it was funny because I had a battery problem and uh, so I took the car. Uh, a friend of mine told me, oh man, this is definitely a battery. It's not an alternator, so praise God for that. So I got it. I went to AutoZone, got a new battery and they will help you put in a new battery, which is pretty sweet because I didn't have all the like, they got these little fancy wrenches and tools, which I really loved. And uh, but the guy, as we're 
doing it, I, I'm just praying. I'm like, well, Lord, what would you want me to share with him, encourage him with? What would it, you know, what would it be? And so as we get to talk, I, I, I say, hey, do you, you know, uh, he goes, well, do you have family for Christmas? I asked him. He goes, well, no, my mom, just my mom. And I, I go, okay. He goes, how about you? I go, well, I got my wife and I got my church family. I said, you know, down here, we're, we're going to have that. Oh, where do you go to church? And all of a sudden, it opened up an opportunity for me to invite him to church. I didn't tell him I was a pastor because, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't want him to think that, you know. <laughs> Pastors had battery problems. God's not taking care of you with your battery? What happened with that? Now, I just invited him to church. I said, oh, you should come to our church. It's really cool. It's a good little church. And yeah, <laughs> pastor's awesome. <laughs> That's good, Gabby. Gabby said that. I didn't say that. So, but my point in all that is, would we look at that proverb and say, all right, Lord, do I, do I put you and your, what you've done for me, Jesus, in front of the praise of men or do I worry about the praise of men and do I not honor you? Because I'm telling you, man, there's people all over the world that would die to be just in this spot right here. They would be like, oh, this is so awesome. Are you kidding me? You got this many people, and this is not even our crowd. You got this many people to worship on a Sunday, to hang out and celebrate Jesus, to actually worship, to actually do all this stuff. Are you kidding me? Why? Because for them, persecution has been ramped up. Because for them, yeah, if they proclaim that they are Jesus followers. They could be beaten or they could be uh, you know, kicked out of their place or, or their job taken away or whatever. And so they appreciate even more, wow, I have a savior who loves me, who's never gonna leave me or forsake me. He died for me and I know that I'm going to heaven because that baby that was born in the manger grew up to be a man who would die on the cross. And guess what? He didn't just die, he rose again. And he gives me that life because he lights up my life and he makes me a new creation in Christ. That's gotta be our heart this Christmas. Like, Lord, change me. Don't let this be a normal Christian Christmas, excuse me, Christian Christmas. <laughs> Let's make it one where, oh, you know what? Oh, hey, how about this? Pray for missionaries in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, in North Korea, in Somalia, in Libya, in Yemen. Pray for them this week. Pray for them. Look, the Lord, there's people outside this world that, man, they, they would love to be where we're at. And then use the gospel, which is so powerful right now because people are talking about Jesus as an opportunity for you to talk about Christmas with whoever, if they're changing your battery or if they're, they're changing your tire or if they're working at the store. Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? What, what are you doing? Well, I'm not, you never know how the impact of that one question could change their eternity forever. All you have to do step out and say, you know what? I'm not really fearful what the person behind me thinks, or I'm not fearful about what this person say. What I want is I want what God wants, and I want to be able to share with them. No matter if you're a student, no matter if you're an adult, it doesn't matter. God wants to use you, I believe, in this Christmas season. Amen? All right, go back. We'll finish it off. It's this. Jesus, as uh, he comes back into the picture in verse 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. When did God send him? Oh, we just read about it in Luke chapter two. God sent him to the manger. He was born to Mary, the virgin birth. The angels proclaimed him. I, verse 46, have come as a light into the world. Your choice that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I don't judge him, for I did not come to, to, the, to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. 
For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So Jesus is like, hey, these are my last words to you guys, uh, this public ministry. If you believe in me, you believe in him who sent me. Last thought is this. You want to choose the Lord. You want to have this opportunity for choice. But it's this. Your belief in Jesus brings honor to the Father. Because when you believe in him, you're saying, yes, Lord, you did send him. You did allow Jesus to be born in a manger and, and be proclaimed publicly to these uh, shepherds. And here is the opportunity where these guys get to go and share him with others, but you get to honor and glorify the Father. Check it out. I want to go back, if you would, Luke, to finish out here in this section, Luke chapter 2. Look again what happens with these guys. I'm going to pick it up in verse 16. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. These guys had no problem saying, man, I just want, you can't believe what just happened. And I'm sure there was a few people that may have been like, you're nuts. You saw a bunch of angels with a big light show. Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? No, 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 we did. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. Marvel doesn't mean they believed them. They just marveled like, wow. I mean, I can't believe, first of all, that God would speak to you like you're outcast. You, nobody would want you. You're hardly even allowed in the temple like because of what you work with. So I, I don't understand uh, I, I, how did that happen? And maybe they marveled at like, wow, this is great. But Mary, verse 19, kept all these things and pondered in their heart. And then, verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Their life got changed. I'm going to glorify and praise God. Because they brought honor to the Father. You sent your son. You told us about it. This is what you did. John said, in the beginning was the Word. In John 1, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. and Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and darkness did not comprehend it. Yeah, he's the light unto the world. Man, there's nothing better than when you have light in your life. Hurricane season down here, have you ever lived in your house when the shutters were up and the, you had boards up, you know, and it's just completely dark, right? And, and you've done that. Some of you have, you know, now in, you have windows, but back in the day you might have shutters or you put boards up. And so you're, you're sitting in your house and you got candles on or whatever, and it's just, oh, it's just dark. But man, when it's free to go out, oh, the light comes in and there is hope with that light. The storm is over. Oh, it's past. Oh, it's good. Because light brings hope. And that's what this whole birth of Jesus is. The light of the world is born so he can bring hope. And the point is for us, gang, I want to be, I hope you will, the Christian that says, man, this is much more than just a gift-giving celebration. This is a life-changing celebration. Jesus came into this world to save a sinner like me. I don't want to ever forget what he's done for me and take for granted the grace and the mercy I have to live in this country, a free country, where I can honor and worship the Lord. And I can have this place, this opportunity where I say, wow, Lord, if I've grown a little bit further from you, forgive me. If I've lost a little bit of that worship or just that koinonia with you, Lord, forgive me. Let Christmas be a, 
a reconnecting time for you. I've said it to you many times. This, we are not about being religious here. This is about being authentic. And I think that, you know, that was one of the points that we had probably skipped over, but is that your belief, as we saw with Nellie's friends or as you go to those countries, your belief is going to test your authenticity. It's going to test it. Am I really for Jesus? Like, no matter what, if my friends are like, dude, how do you believe in Jesus? Like, am I going to stand for him? Am I going to, why do you put a light up? Well, because Jesus is the light of the world, man. And he changed my life. His light gave me life. If you've never known Jesus, then, man, we don't want you to leave here today without knowing him. I don't want you to harden your heart, walk out of here going, ah, I don't believe any of that stuff. If you got questions, ask questions. As I've said to you before, I challenge you. You got to really be like a Berean. You got to look at the scriptures. You got to study it. And you got to ask yourself, is this true? And then you got to make a choice. Is Jesus the light of the world? It's your choice. And you've got to make that decision. But I believe the choice to believe, man, it's now, it's today, and I don't want you to ever miss out on that. This is that season to put your faith and trust in him. God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for this church. Lord, I pray for all of us. Lord, we want to uh, be closer to you, Jesus. Forgive us if we've taken for granted the things that you have blessed us with. Lord, if you've uh, missed out on some of our deep relationship with you, I just, I just pray, Lord, right now that you would help us to uh, put away the old us if it's gotten in the way of the new us in you. And I pray you would help us to walk away from things that keep us from you. That this Christmas would be one, Lord, where we have joy because of you, Jesus. Because of the light that you have brought into our lives. Lord, let us make the most of this time. Help us to be right where you want us to be. Help use us. Lord, let us not be afraid. You haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So Lord, I pray you would empower us and strengthen us and use us for your great glory. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, you guys. Hey, let's all stand up together. Hey, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've never put your faith and trust in him. After we sing this last worship song, we're gonna close out, but we'll be down front. We'd love to pray with you for you to receive Jesus, for you to put your faith and trust in him. But it's your choice. You got a choice. Take that step of faith to follow him. So let's uh, worship the Lord. We'll be back to close.